you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Um, this morning, we're going to continue our study on the Hall of Faith. If you recall, if you've been with us on Sunday mornings for the English service, you recall that for really the past five weeks, we've been dedicating studies on the life and testimony of members of the Hall of Faith who are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. We read that by faith in God, these champions of the faith, they were able to accomplish mighty works. They were able to endure much affliction and they were able to impact many lives. And so for the past few weeks, we've been studying the, the hall of faith. And last week we started examining the life and testimony of Moses. And if you recall, Moses is a very special, a very prominent figure in the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about Moses and so much could be learned from this champion of the faith. And, and last week we started examining his life and we started by looking at two things concerning Moses. And so if you have your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 11, by way of review, let's just look at the two things we looked at last Sunday. The first thing we saw concerning Moses was concerning his parents. And we read that in verse 23. We read, if we want to all read it together, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So the first thing we learned concerning Moses was concerning his parents. If you recall, we said that during the time of Moses' birth, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, he made a decree in the land of Egypt that all the newborn Jewish males had to be thrown into the river and killed. But the Bible teaches us that in spite of this decree, by faith, Moses' parents hid him. And they saved him from the decree of death. We said that Moses' parents, they saw great potential in the life of Moses. And they were willing to risk their life to see that potential fulfilled and God honored the faith of these parents. And as we all know, Moses turned out to be very, very special, so special that he changed the course of a nation. And really, with God's help, he, he changed the course of history. But it all started with godly parents who were not afraid of the decree of death, but by faith, they hid their son. You know, like never before, children and young people, they're in need of someone who is going to see potential in their life and they're going to help them fulfill that potential. Nowadays, we need mentors in this world, someone who's going to not be afraid to come alongside a young person or a child and mentor and disciple them up in the things of the Lord. Amen. The second thing we saw concerning Moses is the resignation of Moses. If you want to read verses 24 and 27 with me, verses 24 through 27, this is what we read. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward by faith. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And so the second thing we saw was the resignation of Moses. If you recall, we said that Moses, Pharaoh's daughter, 
adopted him. And so because of that, Moses, he would have been raised in the royal palaces of Egypt and he would have had great privileges and luxuries at his disposal. But the Bible teaches us that when Moses became of age, he resigned his position in Egypt. You might say he gave it all up and he identified and he suffered with the people of God. By faith, Moses understood that the passing pleasures of sin of Egypt could not compare with the eternal glories and treasures found in Christ. Moses was looking ahead to the reward. He understood that Egypt was just a, a smokescreen, a facade, something that looked nice on the outside, but behind it was death. And so he forsake it. He denied himself and took up the cross and he chose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. What an example. We, we said that the path of the crowd, the path of this world, it offers immediate rewards and pleasures. But the truth is, at the end of the road is destruction. But the path of the cross, the path of the Christian, offers immediate sacrifice and difficulties. But at the end is eternal life. And Moses chose the path of the cross. What an example. You know, he gave up all of Egypt, all of the treasures, because he was keeping his eyes on the prize, on the reward. And I am sure now he's not regretting the decision he made. Amen. I'm sure now that he's in the presence of the Lord Jesus, he's saying, man, all of Egypt can't touch this. New Jerusalem. Amen. So let's continue this morning. We're going to finish up our, our study on Moses. And in all actuality, we're going to finish up our study on the Hall of Faith. This is going to be our last study here in Hebrews 11. And this morning, we're going to look at two more things concerning the life and testimony of Moses. And so if you're taking notes, the third thing that we're going to be looking at is the salvation of Moses. The salvation of Moses. And this is what we read in verse 28. Everybody with me in verse 28? Amen. Amen. This is what we read. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. Lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. So, the third thing we want to look at is the salvation of Moses. Now, after forsaking the land of Egypt, after resigning his position, the Bible teaches us in Exodus chapter 3 that Moses went to the land of Midian where he lived and served as a shepherd for 40 years. And after dwelling in the land of Midian for 40 years, the Bible teaches us in Exodus Chapter three, that the Lord appeared to Moses from the midst of a burning bush. And this is what the Lord told Moses to summarize the encounter in Exodus chapter three, verses nine and ten. The Lord said, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And so the Lord appeared to Moses from the midst of a burning bush. And the Lord told Moses that he was aware that he was conscious of the oppression of his people in the land of Egypt. And so the Lord told Moses that he was going to send him to Egypt to deliver the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. And now after a, a bit of hesitation and a bit of nerves, a little anxiety, Moses, 
he answered the calling and he returned to Egypt to deliver the Israelites from bondage. But the Bible tells us that as Moses arrived in Egypt and as he told Pharaoh to free the Israelites, the Bible tells us that Pharaoh, he didn't want to cooperate. Pharaoh refused to free the Israelites from slavery. And so because of that, we begin to read in the book of Exodus that through the hand of Moses, God began to strike the land of Egypt with great and terrible plagues. The first plague, I'm sure you're all familiar with the verses, the waters of Egypt became blood. The second plague, frogs covered the land. The third plague, dust became lice. The fourth plague, Flies swarmed the land. The fifth plague, the Egyptian livestock died through diseases. The sixth plague, the people were filled with sores and boils. The seventh plague, heavy hail fell from the sky. The eighth plague, locusts invaded and destroyed the land. And the ninth plague, darkness covered the land. God struck the Egyptians with plague after plague. But the Bible teaches us that the more God struck the Egyptians with these terrible plagues, the more Pharaoh hardened his heart and he refused to free the Israelites. Listen to this. God's word will either melt the heart like fire Mounts wax, and we see that in the testimony of the Apostle Paul, or God's word will harden the heart like fire hardens clay. And we see that in the testimony of Pharaoh. But God's word will always fulfill its purpose. And so God was sending plague after plague, but the, the more plagues God sent, the more Pharaoh hardened his heart and he refused to free the Israelites. But the Bible teaches us that after the ninth plague, God told Moses that he was going to strike the land with one last plague, the 10th plague. And after that plague, Pharaoh would free the Israelites. And God told Moses, That the final plague that he was going to bring upon the land of Egypt was the death of the firstborn. The tenth plague, God told Moses that every firstborn in the land of Egypt would be put to death. And God assured Moses that after this plague, Pharaoh would free the Israelites. But As you begin to get to Exodus 11 and Exodus 12, God gave Moses specific instructions. He said, Moses, I'm going to bring this plague upon the land and every firstborn is going to die from the son of Pharaoh to the son or daughter of Pharaoh's servant. Every firstborn is going to die. But this is the instructions God told Moses, he said, in order that the Israelites might be passed over from death, passed over from this plague, Moses had every family from the nation of Israel choose for themselves a one year old male lamb without blemish and have every family Slay the lamb, take the blood of the lamb and sprinkle it on the doorposts and on the lentils of their home. Sprinkle the blood on the door of their homes. And God told Moses that as I enter the land and begin to strike the firstborn, as I see the blood on the door of the homes, I 
will pass over the home and I will not allow the destroyer to strike the firstborn of the house. And so the Lord gave Moses specific instructions for each of the Israelites to obey in order that they might be passed over this final plague, the plague of death. And here in Hebrews verse 28, the author tells us that by faith, Moses obeyed and Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. By faith, Moses, he obeyed God. And this is what he did. And this is such an important word. Moses, by faith, he applied the blood of the Passover lamb to his home. And the Bible says, because of that, he was saved. By faith, Moses obeyed him in the Israelites And they applied the blood, the blood of the lamb, and they found salvation. The Bible teaches us that death was everywhere in Egypt. That that night, every house of Egypt was crying, was mourning because the city was filled with death. But those who were covered By the blood of the lamb, they were passed over and they were saved. Now, now, this whole idea of the Passover, and you can read about it in Exodus 11 and Exodus 12. It really served as a picture. And this is what we call a type in the Old Testament. A, A type is really a picture pointing forward. To something that was going to come in the future. It it was a shadow pointing forward to one day the substance was going to come. And so this Passover and this Passover lamb and the blood that saved the Israelites from death. It was a picture or a type of the salvation that was going to come through Jesus Christ. The Passover lamb was a picture or type of the lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to this. Don't miss me on this. The Bible teaches us that all have sinned. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us in here by nature, by birth is a sinner. Now, some of you don't like that, but don't get mad at me. Get mad at yourself and get mad at the scriptures that that's just the truth. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short. We all have missed the mark. Sin. Now, because of that, the Bible teaches us that the penalty of our sin is death. Romans 6, 23 for the wages of sin is death. And so all are guilty, all are under condemnation. You might say all of us are to a certain degree waiting for this 10th and final plague to come. The plague of death. That is the wages of sin. But this is the good news and we refer to it as the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that through Jesus And by faith in the finished work of the cross, we are able to be passed over death. We're able to be passed over the judgment of God, the condemnation of God, the indignation of God that very soon will be poured out through the blood of Jesus. And by faith in the finished work of the cross were able to be passed over. Just like Moses in the Israelites in Egypt, by faith in Christ and through the sprinkling of the blood, we are passed over 
death. You don't seem too excited about that. Amen. (laughs) Now, Paul teaches us just to let you know, just for you won't know, I'm, I'm not making all this up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul specifically says that Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb who was sacrificed for us. So it was a picture, a type, and Jesus is the fulfillment. Jesus was pure. He was innocent. He was blameless. Remember, the people, they had to choose a male lamb, one-year-old, who was without blemish. And Jesus is that perfect fulfillment. Because he was a male. He was in the strength of his life, approximately 33 years old. And he was without blemish, holy, pure, in every single way. And the Bible teaches us that he willingly went to the cross as our substitute to take our judgment and to die on our behalf. And now by faith in him and through the application and through the sprinkling of his blood, we are passed over judgment. We're passed over death. We're passed over this plague that we all deserve. Yes, you deserve death, and I do too. We're sinners. We've fallen short, but through the cross of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus, we're able to be passed over. For he is our Passover lamb. Ephesians 1 7 says this. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to his riches of his grace. Colossians 1.14, in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. John 3.36 says this, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. But look at what also it says, in he... Who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And so like Moses's times, salvation is found in the blood of the lamb. And by faith, as you apply the blood of Christ, you will be passed over and you will be given eternal life but 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 listen to this there's bad news in order for there to be good news there has to be bad news how many of you know that this is the bad news though like Moses's time if you are not covered by the blood of the lamb all that is waiting for you is death eternity separated from God you see in Egypt Those who were covered by the blood, they were saved from death. But those who were not covered by the blood, the firstborn died. And they were not saved by this last final plague. And that's the truth even for today. If you're not covered by the blood, all that's waiting for you is death. Doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've come to church or how many good works you have done. All that's going to matter before you leave this earth is whether or not you've applied, you've sprinkled, and if you accepted the blood of the Lamb by faith. That's all that's going to matter at the end of the day. You know, check this out, and don't misunderstand me on this, but... It's not even going to matter if you believed in God or not. Because the Bible says even the demons believe in God and tremble. It's not even going to matter if you believe that the Lord Jesus is who he claimed to be. You know, a a lot of people believe, you know, that Jesus existed and that Jesus died on the cross. But they don't apply that work to their lives. 
They don't receive it and accept it and follow him as their Lord and Savior. And all that's going to matter is what you did with the sacrifice. What did you do with the blood of Jesus? Did you accept it? Did you apply it to your life? Because salvation is only found in Christ. Salvation is only found in the blood of the lamb. Amen. Through the blood of the lamb, through Jesus, we're saved from eternal hell, eternal separation from God. Listen to this, though. Jesus, he not only saves us, though, from eternal hell. Eternity separated from God, but Jesus also saves us from temporal hell. And let me explain. Jesus saves us from hell on earth because without Jesus, life is miserable here on earth. Amen. Without Jesus, things don't make sense. You can't enjoy yourself. You're not happy. You're not satisfied. You're not fulfilled. And so Jesus, the Lamb of God, he not only saves us from eternity in hell, but Jesus saves me from hell today. Amen. And that's the work that only Jesus can do. And so this morning, if you're here and if you've never received Christ, as your personal savior. And if you've never applied the blood. The finished work of the cross. To your life by faith. This morning. I would simply say. Receive Christ. Apply the blood. By faith. And you will be passed over. From death. But if you reject it. If you refuse it. Friend. All that's waiting for you. Is an eternity separated from God. Don't jeopardize your eternity. Don't play Russian roulette with your future. Apply the blood. Give your life to Christ. And he'll save you from judgment and from death. And and if you're here this morning. And I know a lot are. Who have received Christ and who have apply the blood this is all i want to say rest assured rest assured take comfort in this when the time comes for you to stand before almighty god and it's going to happen one day i promise you when you stand before an absolutely holy righteous god rest assured That you're going to be accepted and that you're going to be received with open arms. Because you will be covered by the blood of the Lamb. Rest assured. Take comfort in the fact that you will be accepted by God. Because you're going to be covered. You're going to be cleansed. And you're going to be washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And just... Like the Israelites in the land of Egypt, God gives us his word. God promises us that we will be passed over from an eternity separated from him because of the blood and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many can say amen to that? How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus. You know, there's a hymn that says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's another song that says, there is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes, that cleanse our sins. And not only does he wash and forgive and cleanse our sins, but the Bible teaches us that the blood of Jesus is so precious and so powerful that it blots and removes our sins in that God remembers our sins no more. 
Only the blood of Jesus. Through Jesus' blood, I have a, a new record, a new beginning. Through Jesus' blood, I am washed and cleansed and justified in the sight of God. And it's the precious blood of the Lamb. And this morning, I rejoice with a heart filled with thanksgiving for the blood of my Savior. For the blood of my Passover Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. How many can say amen to that? What if we give the Lord a a praise offering? I get very emotional when I talk about the blood of the lamb. Because before I came to Christ, I was a filthy sinner. And I had a filthy mind and a filthy heart. But the moment I gave my life to Jesus, he changed everything. And he washed me. He cleansed me. He purified me. And he made me holy and new and righteous before God. And it's only the blood. Only the blood of Jesus can wash a sinner's heart. What else can? Can you go to Walmart and buy detergent or buy soap? Friend, they don't make it that strong. They don't make it that powerful. It's only the blood of Jesus. And you can't buy it. You can't purchase it. You can only receive it by faith because it's a free gift of God and it's the blood. And Moses was saved by the blood, just like you and me are saved by the blood. Amen. Praise God. Let's finish up. And we want to look at the fourth thing. Thirdly, we saw the salvation of Moses. Now we want to look at the deliverance of Moses. The deliverance of Moses. In verse 29, this is what we read. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. So the next thing and the last thing we want to look at is the deliverance of Moses. The Bible teaches us. That after the 10th and final plague, the death of the firstborn, just like God said, Pharaoh, he freed the Israelites and he allowed them to leave Egypt, just like the Lord said. But as you read the scriptures, you learn that over time, as the Israelites left Egypt, Pharaoh, he regretted that he let them go. Pharaoh got a little regretful, a little saddened. He began to think, oh, no, who's going to build all my cities and all my walls and all my pyramids? And so he regretted that he let the Israelites go. And so he gathered all his army and all his chariots and he began to chase them down. He began to go get them and he wanted to bring them back. You know, that, that's such a like a, a, an important spiritual truth we can all learn when you give your life to Jesus. And when you begin to grow in the Christian faith, guess what? Satan gets upset. He begins to miss you and he gathers all his army and he tries to, to chase you down to bring you back in bondage. So we need to be aware of that and we need to prepare ourselves as Christians for the attacks of Satan. We got to equip ourselves for war because Satan doesn't like when he loses some of his slaves through Christ. And that's what happened to Pharaoh. The Egyptians, he let the the Israelites, he let them go. But over time, he regretted it. He began to miss their free work. And so he gathered his army and he began to chase them down. And the Bible teaches us that as the Egyptian army got closer to the Israelites, the Israelites began to see them. And the Israelites, they started getting scared and they started getting afraid. The Bible says that before them was the Red Sea 
And behind them was the Egyptian army. Talk about a, a hopeless situation. And, and with the Red Sea in front of them and the army behind them, the Israelites, they began to panic. They began to get greatly afraid and they began to complain to Moses. And they told Moses, why did you bring us up out of Egypt? You should have just left us. Wasn't there enough graves in Egypt and you brought us out for us to die here in the wilderness? They were terrified. They had already forgotten the mighty works the Lord had done to free them from Egyptian bondage. But the Bible teaches us that as all this was going on, Moses, a champion of the faith, this is what he told the people. The Red Sea in front of him, the Egyptian army behind him. But look at the faith of Moses. This is what he said. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I'm going to read that last part again. The Lord will fight for you. What are you going through this morning? What are you battling? What do you find yourself in the middle of? The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. What faith by this champion of the faith. Now, after Moses told those words of encouragement to the people, the Bible teaches us that the Lord commanded Moses to lift up his rod. And to stretch out his hand over the Red Sea. And as Moses did that by faith, the Bible teaches us that the Lord divided the Red Sea. How many of you are familiar with that story? Amen. And by faith, the author of the Hebrews tells us Moses and the nation of Israel crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. But the Bible says that after they crossed on dry land, that the Egyptians, they were persistent and they chased them down and they tried to follow them. But as they were trying to follow them and trying to chase them down, the Lord caused the waters to return and the Egyptians drowned. And from that day forward, Moses and the nation of Israel were completely delivered from Egyptian bondage. God kept his promise and he delivered his people from the power and from the bondage of Egypt. And this is what I want to say. Through Jesus, we're saved from the penalty of sin. Through the blood, through the sacrifice of Jesus, by faith, we receive salvation. And we're saved from the judgment that sin brings. But through Jesus, we are also delivered from the power and from the bondage of sin. We call that redemption. Jesus saved us from sin, from the penalty, but Jesus has also delivered us from the power and from the bondage of sin. The cross of Jesus is the answer for the penalty of sin, and it is also the answer for the power of sin. Jesus offers complete deliverance. Complete deliverance from drugs, complete deliverance from alcohol, complete deliverance from pornography, from lust, from sickness, 
from depression, from anger, from guilt, from fear, from stress, from anxiety, from worry, from doubt. Jesus offers deliverance. There's deliverance found in Jesus Christ. Just like the Israelites, they were saved from judgment, from death, but they were also delivered from Egyptian bondage. And it's a picture. It's a shadow. It's a type of what is found in Christ. Christ offers salvation in Christ also offers deliverance. And a lot of times as Christians, we miss that that second part. As Christians, we're saved. We know we're going to heaven. We're covered. We're sprinkled. We're forgiven by the blood of Jesus. But a lot of times we are slaves here on earth as Christians. We're slaves. We're slaves to fear. We're slaves to emotions. We're slaves to guilt, to anger, to hate. We're slaves to our past. Many of us are our slaves to little addictions, little things that we stumble over and over and over again. And yet the Bible teaches us through the cross, we're delivered from all that. Why do we keep on living like slaves if we've been free through the cross of Jesus Christ. Why do we keep living like slaves? You want to know why? Because we're not applying the cross by faith. That's why. Because we don't believe it. We don't believe that Jesus can deliver us. There we are struggling over and over and over in our walk. And the Lord tells us, identify with my death. Be crucified with me and you will be delivered. You'll be delivered. There's no need to struggle with depression. There's no need to struggle with lust, to struggle with fear. Jesus delivers us from those bondages, from those chains. And it's through his cross. It's through his cross. And this morning, If you're here and you're a believer, you've been saved by the blood. Amen to that. I'm not taking anything away from that. But if you're here this morning and if you're enslaved to something, if you're still enslaved to maybe an old habit or an emotion or an addiction, by faith, like Moses and the Israelites Receive deliverance and be free in Jesus' name. Listen, listen. Be free in Jesus' name. You can leave this sanctuary this morning free in Jesus' name. Because the Lord says, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And if the Lord says it, the Lord's going to do it. We just receive it and we just believe it by faith. And be free, brother. Be free, sister. Be free, friend, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so Moses, we see the salvation and we see the deliverance. And it's all found in the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And to end, I, I want to say this, and I'm going to ask my, my brother Jonah to come up. We've got to end a little early this morning because we're going to be partaking of communion. But as I was thinking about all these things, about the salvation, about the deliverance that Moses found in Egypt and through the Lamb and through the Lord, I begin to think about my, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Revelations chapter 5. And in Revelations chapter 5, the Apostle John, he finds himself in heaven, there giving a, receiving a heavenly vision. And as he's in heaven, he sees God the Father 
sitting on his throne. And he sees in the right hand of God the Father a scroll in his hand, written on the front and back, sealed with seven seals. Now, that scroll represents the title deed to the earth. It was given to Adam and Eve in the garden, Genesis chapter 1. But because of their disobedience, it was forfeited over to Satan. It was transferred over to Satan. The, the Bible refers to Satan as the God of this age, as the prince of the power of the air. The Bible tells us that the entire world is under the sway and control of Satan. And so John sees the title deed to the earth in the right hand of God the Father. And as John is observing and examining all these things, all of a sudden he sees an angel cry out with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals? The angel, he began to look for a savior, for a redeemer, someone who was able and capable of delivering the world from the power of sin and from the power of Satan. And the angel began to search. Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals? But John says that no matter how hard he looked or how loud he, how loud he cried, no one was found worthy in heaven or on earth or even under the earth. No one was found worthy to save the world, to redeem mankind, to deliver us from the power, from the bondage of sin. And John began to think about all these things. He began to think of the world being lost forever, of mankind being separated from God for eternity. And John began to weep. He began to cry like a baby because it was overwhelming for him. It was too much for him to even fathom or think of. And he began to weep like a baby. And the Bible teaches us that as John was weeping there in Revelations chapter 5, verse 5, remember this verse, that as John was weeping, that an elder approached him and the elder said, John, do not weep. John, what you crying for, John? Why are you crying? Do not weep. Dry those tears. John, do not weep. And the elder said, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed. To take the scroll and to open its seals. And John tells us that, that he looked. And I'm sure he was expecting to see the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm sure he was expecting to see this strong, tough lion. But John tells us that he looked and he didn't see a lion. But he saw a lamb. A lamb as though it had been slain the very lamb of God the Lord Jesus Christ and John tells us that the lamb of God Jesus approached the throne and he was the only one worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals only Jesus because of what he accomplished through his death and through his resurrection, only Jesus was worthy to save us. Only Jesus is able to deliver us. Only Jesus, only by the blood of Jesus do we find forgiveness and redemption and, and freedom. And liberation from sin and from Satan and from this world. Only through Jesus. And John tells us he saw the very Lamb of God. God and the lamb approached the throne and he took the scroll. He prevailed. He prevailed to save us 
from the penalty of sin. He prevailed to deliver us from the power of sin. And one day he's going to prevail and he's going to remove us from the presence of sin. And it's the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am with this. John tells us, as the Lamb took that scroll, freed us, saved us, delivered us, John tells us that all of heaven broke out in worship and praise. And they began to sing with one accord, with one heart, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And this morning, with a heart of thanksgiving and with a heart filled with worship, with one accord, as we partake of communion, And as we think of this great salvation that the Lord Jesus accomplished for us through his death and through his resurrection, we can join with the heavenly choir and we can say, worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Jesus, there's no one like you. If you don't know him this morning, if you've never given your life to him, if you've never applied the blood, friend, you are missing out on so much. And if this morning, if you want to make a decision on Christ, if you want to receive him into your life, I want you to to come talk to me after the service. And I want to pray with you. I want to talk to you. I, I want to be there for you and I want to help you get started in this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ.